The OHL Final Championship is tied at a game apiece after Peterborough comes in and takes Game 2 by a score of 5-3. to three. And Games 3 and 4 will go back to Peterborough on Monday and Wednesday. After the buzzer, Kyle Gamard, Jim Van Horn, and Mike Stubbs. And gentlemen, it just it felt like today this was more of the type of game that Peterborough wants to play with London. It is. And... We saw all of the hard hitting. We saw some nastiness. We saw the Peterborough Peets making it awfully tough to get good scoring chances. You look up at the shot clock right now, and you think, the Knights put 54 pucks at Michael Simpson that hit Michael Simpson. How many pucks did they put at Michael Simpson total? I mean, are we looking at triple digits here? I think we would be. I think so. The blocks, the sticks, the kind of commitment that the Peets made to playing that Peterborough type of uh, game uh, that they've played for so many years, it was there. And, um, you know, this uh, and even at that, Knights had a 3-2 lead heading into the third. And uh, the Peets just kept at it, kept at it, and took advantage of their opportunities. They didn't get that many in the third, uh, but they cashed in on pretty much every good chance they got. And so, you know, the goals just were... Pete's turned every little mistake that the Knights made into a goal in that third period. And the London Knights, a lot of power play opportunities, especially a five-on-three chance, a five-minute major, and go one for six in the power play. And you just think at 3-2, the Knights score to make it 3-2, and there's over three and a half minutes left on a five-minute major. And you think maybe if they're able to bury one more, it's a different game we're talking about. They had two more power plays later on in the at the end of the second and the third period. And, you know, Peterborough did a good job at, at taking the point shot away after you know Logan Mayu and Sam Dickinson were able to score point shots and they just this is the type of game that we saw them play against North Bay where they collapse in front of Simpson they let all the perimeter shots reach him and everything else they are swatting they are blocking they are doing everything humanly possible to get out of the danger areas and back out of the zone and out of those basically all along the perimeter yep i mean we're uh we're two minutes after the the final buzzer and the uh the win by the peets and uh the knights got to put this one behind them they know how they can play they did it in game one um this hit this series in this uh, particular game hit an emotional a new emotional level that we haven't seen in the playoffs of of kind of nasty if you want uh and the uh Knights responded and did well through two periods, and then I think something happened in that third period. They just lost a little uh, concentration in some cases, but uh, uh, give the Peets credit. They came back with three goals, and um, whatever you think of all the, anything else that went on, there's a final result to uh, deal with, and the Knights ha- know how they can play, and they've got to get back to their game one form. Well, and we've seen this before with London, too, with, with the series against Sarnia, where they go up 2 nothing, you know, the goaltending switch, and they go into Sarnia, and Sarnia puts up 11 goals in two games. And what does London do? They adjust, and they come back home, they win a game five, and then they go into Sarnia and win a game six. If, if there is a team that has shown bounce-back mentality and ability, it's been the Knights in the playoffs so far. They did it against the Owen Sound attack when Owen Sound was able to, to squeeze one out, and you know the Knights came back home and finished that one off in five. The Sarnia series, like we talked about, and, and you know Kitchener too. Kitchener played it and you know, wanted to play maybe a similar style that I think Peterborough plays, where 
they took it to Windsor in the first round, and they were physical, they were aggressive, they were nasty, and Windsor couldn't handle it. I think London was able to handle it against Kitchener, and now they're in a position where they need to find how to handle it again here against Peterborough. Well, look, and, and you know, they were in a situation when it was 2-2 with uh, Sarnia. Uh, it looked like Sarnia had the momentum um when you came back here for game five and you got that spectacular first period performance by zach bowen it kind of lifted the knights emotionally and i think that's where they need to get back to but look uh everybody's going to stay calm on the coaching staff they'll dissect the video they'll uh get back to um try and get back to the way they their game one form this is a team that has played well on the road all year they had a great road record equal to their home record in the regular season. They have won hard games on the road before. They're going to have to, at the very least, take one of two in, in Peterborough, bring it back, bring it back here to regain uh, home ice. And with that part, too, you know, this series now shifts over to Peterborough. And, Mike, you've talked about it before as well. Going into Peterborough, that arena is a different animal altogether. Well, if you look at what the Peets did in this game, they were using the end boards a lot. They were putting pucks into the crease. That's the kind of stuff that goes on there. You use very bouncy boards that they have. They're square corners. A lot of room down low because of that. If you look at the way a rink is rounded, picture you had a whole lot more space out wide. And the Peets use it very, very well. And speed games don't seem to work very well in that building. It's a really tough place to play. And Jim Van Horn pointed it out. The Knights, sometimes if they're going out on the road, will practice in London and then leave. Well, tomorrow they are going to Peterborough and practicing on that ice. And that's a big key. I think it's important to get in there, feel it. Uh, you know, check out some bounces, and there'll be purposeful practice uh, in that regard. They'll throw things around the corners and just make sure that it's, uh, you know, things are the way they are and nothing really shocks them on uh, on game three on uh, on, on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, look, OHL championship finals uh, aren't easy. And, uh, you know, and you really have to battle through adversity, maybe calls that don't, you you think don't go your way um opponents want it just as bad as you uh you have to go into different buildings that's why it's really hard to win an ohl championship the knights uh are still in a good position to uh to do that they're they're playing well there was a hiccup today but three two lead heading into third they outshot an opponent quite badly to be honest uh you know and uh i thought Today, they things didn't go their way, but they're still in pretty good position. Give give credit to Peterborough yep. for taking advantage of their opportunities because you're right, 22-8 to eight were the shots on goal, and that was with a 3-2 lead going into the third period. So Peterborough found the tiny little mistakes that were made and capitalized on probably, you'd say, all three of them, and that was about as many mistakes that were made. And nevertheless, the Knights will regroup. There's a reason that these two teams are the final two teams standing. They have both been through adversity. They've both battled to get here, and it should continue going on in Peterborough next week. Well, and and, and every good goalie, uh, like Michael Simpson, um, has uh, the same sort of formula that you have to find. Uh, Anything he saw, he stopped uh, pretty much today, except for the one from center ice, which I don't think he saw. <laughs> I, was, I, I, think he I don't saw think it. he saw it. I think he lost. He was looking at the uh, the rim, rim around, 
and then once he realized it's not rimmed around, he couldn't catch the uh, he couldn't catch the sight of the puck against the crowd. So those things happen as a goalie. You just gotta, I assume, Kyle, just put those behind you right away. It didn't seem to bother him too nah, much. Nah, you don't you don't think about him. You just you. For, it, for, it is. It's, it's the same thing with the Knights. You're gonna you take the game notes. You're gonna yeah. crumple them, throw them in the trash, move on to yeah. move on to Monday. Yeah. So uh, I mean. But they've got he was brilliant to, tonight. Yeah, he really was, uh, and their defense really prevented. You know, you go rebounds, tips, rebounds, and deflections. I mean, they his defense handled a lot of the rebounds. I mean, he was first save, and it was pretty much one and done. He didn't see a lot of rebound saves, and uh, I think his defense did a good job that way. Of course, the blocks, the sticks, sticks deflecting the pucks, but no, he was terrific. He really was. It will be something the Knights need to figure out moving into games three and four in Peterborough. We'll come back with the hungriest night and three-star selection after the break. This is Holly Gully, London Knights Hockey, presented by Peter Inch and Associates, heating and air conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL. The London Knights and Peterborough Peets are tied at a game apiece in the OHL Championship Series as the Peets take this one here 5 Three. We move over to the three-star selection presented by Coulter's Pharmacy and Home Healthcare, the official health and wellness center of the London Knights. And for this one, it's a trio of Pete's. Michael Simpson, 51 saves wow. tonight. He was on it. And then some, uh, even with the, the half the half court <laughs> shot that found its way in. He was terrific tonight. Yeah. A lot of big saves. A, uh, a key save when the game was tied at three on a, uh, I believe it was an Oliver Bonk uh, step yes, in, in yes. stride and shot, and he makes a brilliant uh, right uh, pad or blocker save to keep that thing out. That kept the game tied at three and allowed the Peets to eventually take the lead and hold it. Avery Hayes was also terrific tonight. He had himself a heck of a game. Of course, the five-on-three goal for him, and uh, Tucker Robertson, two goals and two assists, a four-point performance from him as the game's first start. Yeah, that lob pass uh, killer. Uh, he got behind the night defense and that was just after a great night's chance um, and he turned it into a goal a little cute little move forehand backhanded in and and uh, yeah, the veterans showed up tonight for the Peets, that's for sure. Well, we'll move on now to the Hungriest Nights, presented by 1160 Bar and Grill for the best steaks, ribs, and more. 1160 Bar and Grill, more than just a number, 1160 Wellington Road South. And no stars for the Knights tonight, so it's right. wide open, wide Jim open. Van Horn. Who are you taking? Well, uh, the captain uh, goes with McGurn. I like that one. I thought McGurn was inspired tonight. and uh, But I'm going to go with Sam Dickinson, uh, the big slapper. Boy, that one-timer. Uh, he got uh, some real experience out there tonight at the highest level that you can in this league. And his 16-year-old handled himself well. I'll go with Sam Dickinson. I've only, I've have, I, Mike. You've been around the team for some time, but f- for me in my short tenure, he is one of the most impressive 16-year-olds I think I've seen come into this league, especially on this team. He is going to be a player. He's already one, but he yeah. is going to be terrific. We- there have been some good ones. That's a great topic for a longer discussion. Gosh, uh, he is so good. Dino scored 39 as a 16-year-old, 72 as a 17-year-old, 39. <laughs> uh, so Dino, he was really uh, – Rick Corvo was another 16-year-old defenseman uh, who jumped into this league as uh, and ran a power play. Like, it was incredible. I, don't, I think Rick got – uh, as a 16-year-old, I want to say about 70 points. I mean, he was something else. Then a knee injury really derailed his career, I thought. But, yeah, you don't see it often. And it's been a long time since a 16-year-old has made that kind of impact. I'm going to go in a game where there were mistakes, and those mistakes wound up in the London Knight net. I'm going to go to a guy who didn't make any, Ethan McKinnon. 
He was as steady as they came, and Ethan McKinnon also picked up an assist tonight, and he's one of those players that he doesn't want you to notice him. He wants to go out, do what he does, and then off the ice he goes, and he was excellent tonight. Quick kudos to Logan Mayu tonight for playing, yeah. I don't know, 45 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I don't remember him coming off the ice at all. He was pounding. He played the, the last four and some. <laughs> I'm sure, and he pounded the puck all night. Uh, made some good defensive plays to keep that puck from getting into the empty net. Yeah, he was terrific. He was good. Uh, but I'm giving mine today to Sam O'Reilly, who steps oh, into good a lineup. That's good. He steps into a lineup in game two of the OHL final. You know, it, it's it's been hard-pressed for younger guys to really get an opportunity, and he yeah. comes in, and I, I thought he was good tonight. He came in on the forecheck. He yes, made some he hits. Was. He made a couple plays. He made a really a, a couple nice simple plays where he got the puck. He was surrounded by two uh, Pete's at the, the, in the neutral zone. He got it past center, and he's able to dump the puck in, and then he goes in and retrieves it with, uh, I believe, Landon Sim was on his line yep. there, and Sim gets the puck out, and they create a chance off of that. And it's tough for a young guy coming into a group that you know this it's the same coherent guys have been playing together for so long and then here you come in as a as a rookie player in an environment like the OHL finals and you know I thought he looked the part tonight I liked it yeah I thought so too good choice Sam O'Reilly you're going to be hearing a lot from him uh and one of the things we talked about Mike was how Dale worked guys in like that and he must be doing well in practice you don't you know you're in your way in with how you practice and he did tonight good job yeah, absolutely. And uh, now the series shifts over to Peterborough. Games three and four will be there, and those games are set and ready to go on Monday and Wednesday. So Monday, May the 15th, and Wednesday, May the 17th. Both puck drops, I believe, are at well, 7.30. It looks like the Wednesday game for the Monday game, 7 o'clock start time. So 7 on Monday, 7.30 on Wednesday. Should be fun. Off to the, what do they call it, the Lock City, the City of Locks, and uh, we'll... Uh, you know, we'll be leaving early. The Knights will practice there and try and get used to that rink. And uh, here we go. It's OHL final time. Nothing's easy. Oh, and we'll preview those and some other scores around the National Hockey League coming up here after the break. Pete's 5, Knights 3. This is Holly Gully London Knights Hockey presented by Peter Inch and Associates Heating and Air Conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL. Well, the OHL final is tied at a game apiece as the Peterborough Peets come into Budweiser Gardens here on Saturday night and take game two by a score of 5-3. to three. We'll look around some other scores around the uh, National Hockey League for OHL tonight presented by Tim Hortons, your local London Tim Hortons. And one game in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken have forced a game seven with a 6-3 win over the Dallas Stars. Uh, Jordan Eberle in this game was critical. Two goals and an assist for Seattle. Uh uh, Ellie Tolvin in with a goal and two assists as well. Matty Berniers with a goal and an assist. And Game 7 between the Kraken and the Stars is set and ready to go Monday night in Dallas. T- uh, tomorrow night, the Edmonton Oilers look to stave off elimination as they host the Vegas Golden Knights. That puck drop is at 10 p.m. as well. Games 3 and 4, the OHL Final, will be in Peterborough, and they will be Monday and Wednesday. A Monday 7 p.m. start and a Wednesday 7.30 start. You can catch both games right here on 980 CFBL. Uh, pre-game is half an hour before the game, so 6.30 on Monday and 7 o'clock on Wednesday. That does it for After the Buzzer. Kyle Gamar, Jim Van Horn, and Mike Stubbs. Thank you for listening. Get home safe, and we will see you next time. This is Hully Gully London Night Hockey, presented by Peter Engine Associates, heating and air conditioning on the home of the Knights, 980 CFPL.